the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mentolo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today's show is very special for many reasons. First, it's our 100th episode. (laughs) Thank you very much. Two years ago, on December 31st, 2019, as I envisioned the upcoming year, I prayed that God would use me for His purposes. He had already made clear that my mission was to speak to people about courageous faith, but I wasn't sure how that would look. And a week later, with Christie's help and the support of Bernard Lee from KKHT, we developed this show. And since then, each Saturday, we've had the honor of speaking into your lives. To each and every one of you, I say thank you. And may all we say and do here at Courageous Christianity be glorifying unto God. And today's show is very special for another reason. As you know, Christy has been my wingman on this show through every one of those 100 episodes. God brought her to me in November 2019, also as an answer to her prayer. In thinking about ministry, I prayed to him for a helper. And in his perfection, in his faithfulness and love, he brought me the most amazing woman. Christy is the kindest, most compassionate, most honest person I've ever known, And after two years from our first date and just a few weeks ago, we were married in Fredericksburg, Texas, by our good friend, Pastor Steve Dennis. Well, hold on a second. Where's the stuff? Where's all the (laughs) the celebration for that? that (laughs) Okay. So, folks, a lot going on here. It's very exciting. And today's show is also special because we'll be wrapping up our series on lines of operation. And if you remember right, Pastor Steve started the show with us talking about faith and values, the series, and he's our very special guest. Welcome back, Pastor Steve. 
Good morning. As always, an honor and just humble to be here. Thank you very much. Uh, Friends, today's show is very special for one final reason, and that is because we have the honor of sharing this time with you as you go about your lives in courageous faith. May God bless you all. May he be gracious unto you, and may he cause his face to shine upon you. So we've got a lot going on today, and it's an absolute honor to share it with you all as we prepare to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And now, for the first time, I'm excited to say, as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my fantastic wingman, Christy Mendelow. I like the sound of that. (laughs) And I have to just say, I love this episode already because it's the 100th, we're announcing our marriage, and the pastor who married us this year, Pastor Steve Dunn. You can't make this stuff you up. You can't make this. Only, Thank I you, mean, God. <laughs> no publicist, no PR person, no marketing person could put together the fact that all of this would just be as it is, centered in God's will, centered on the narrow road that leads to Christ. Thank you to him for drawing us near and I guess the whole marriage thing has me a little tongue twisted. Okay, don't blame it on the marriage. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I feel a little weird sitting between you guys now. I, I feel like y'all should be beside each other. Hey, yeah. God's the best of all of those. <laughs> thank and you, God. Thank you, God. We're so grateful. That's all I can say if I can actually say it today. <laughs> You're good. Um, I'm sure that won't be the first or last of my stumbling. And before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves for another six months... I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Pastor Steve, will you please pray for us? Be honored. Father God, we praise your holy name. Lord, we said you you hear all the things we're celebrating today. Lord, they're yours. We give you the honor and the glory for it. We give you the honor for the show, the the uniting of these two, everything, Lord. You you bless us in so many ways. So we give you the honor and the glory. We ask you to have your way and, and pour out your grace and mercy and blessings into this time, Lord. Let each and every listener, wherever they are, where wherever they are geographically, wherever they are spiritually, Lord, wherever they are emotionally, let your Holy Spirit get a hold of them in a way like they've never seen before to feel your presence, to feel your truth, to be motivated to draw closer to you, to be encouraged, inspired, and lifted up by your word, by your truth, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you for that powerful prayer. Friends, this is an exciting day, and we're talking about lines of operation. And if you've missed the previous episodes, they're available to you at CourageousChristianity.today, at KKHT.com, or on your favorite podcast app by looking for Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow. And so Pastor Steve was here when we talked about uh, the series, and we launched it with faith and values, uh, that being the foundation for everything. And then Tom Stevens joined us in the second episode, and we talked about family as a tactical unit and the building block of God's kingdom. Hayden Ludwig joined us. Uh, He was our guest in the third episode, which aired on November 20th. And he studies the way nonprofit money is rerouted to support all kinds of nefarious interests. In his perspective, it was uh, very interesting as we discussed the use of money as a weapon system to encourage or deny that which is important in the kingdom of God. 
In episode four, Christy and I discussed politics as a next line of operation. In episode five, Sean Griffin joined us to talk about information operations. And last week, Dr. Mark Ballard joined us to speak about education. So it's been an exciting and interesting journey as we've looked into the ways the enemy attacks us and also how we can bring our faith to bear throughout our lives. And if that's the one thing you remember, we can bring our faith to bear in every area of our lives, from the grocery store, to work, to the bank, to our living rooms, to our children's education, to the way we vote in the voting booth. And that is our right, and it's our power, and this is still the United States of America. So, our faith is not what we do for an hour on Sunday. It's so much more than that. And what do you think about all that? As I as I was looking back over and listening to the, the other episodes, and the thing that just kept coming back to me was, and, and I know you you say it all the time, it, this stuff's real. Um, the enemy coming at us, attacking our children. The enemy coming at us, attacking our finances. Uh, and the way that that he does it in this shrewd little, sneaky, slimy little way, gets so overlooked and and he, you know he's sneaky. So anyway, the 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 thing is the the battle's real. These things are really happening. It's not Hollywood. It's not a, a fictional thing. This is this is history, since the beginning of Scripture, the beginning of time. This has been going on, and in such a way now that I know I've never seen in my lifetime. The 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 just the all out feels like he's got um, a foot on the neck, and so he's just going full throttle. And yeah, we say it all the time. You can't make this stuff up. Mm-mm. So, yeah, you know what's interesting to me is a lot of times. Maybe something happens and we uh, think to ourselves, man, I messed that up or man, I wasn't kind there or man, that was the wrong thing to say. And we forget that the enemy is out there waiting to trip us. Um, I ran the Marine Corps Marathon in 2000, I think it was 14. And... I was doing great, and it was like mile 16, and I was going way faster than I had planned, and this lady tripped me. I was running close to the gutter, and there were all these little kids sitting on the curb in Washington, D.C. There's like 25,000 runners, and I'm giving little high fives to the little kids with their little flags and stuff, and this lady tripped me. Hmm. And I stumbled, and I don't think she did it on purpose, But nonetheless, after that, the whole race was a struggle. Uh, I like kind of pulled my knee and everything. Well, we can't forget the devil is out there just looking to trip you. And so that's what I'm talking about when I say we've got to be so intentional. With every minute of every day, we've got to be intentional. Uh, We got to go out there in that reality. Hey, he's going to try and trip me up. So in this situation, and you know what it makes me think about, Christy, is when you talk about triggers. Right. uh, Sometimes we can have emotional triggers in loaded conversations. For example, we're heading toward the Christmas holidays. Mm -hmm. That means lots of family. Lots of family. No triggers there. Lots of family means lots of history. Right. 
And so there will be triggers, emotional triggers, where this thing that happened and you still haven't quite gotten over it and you're trying hard to forgive and you're praying for forgiveness and you're praying for that person. So it's like, okay, the devil does some of the same things with the little IEDs that he plants all over the place and the little things that he orchestrates and the next thing you know, we're reacting badly. I think the key thing there is to be aware of it, but don't blame everything on it. Yes. So we have to be aware that those triggers will come up. But if we go in and we say, okay, well, we escape responsibility because it's somebody else's fault, the devil's fault, and we don't take our own accountability. Well, you bring up a brilliant point because you can never escape accountability. You will stand in the glare of the truth in judgment as an individual, regardless of what group you belong to or how you voted or what political parties, you will stand as an individual. And so your behavior is always your choice. And there's no escaping that. That, That's absolutely correct. A lot of people like to dive behind this. There's a devil behind every bush kind of theory. And yeah, he's, he's tossing bait at you, but it's, it's your, it's your call to take the bait. Right. And so, uh, it's, it's the absolute same thing, uh, as it was in Afghanistan. You know, the Taliban would do their thing and you couldn't take the bait. We've said it before on the show, one of the most important things to consider in combat is which battles you fight and which ones you walk away from. And we're going to talk about that in the second segment. Stay with us here on Courageous Christianity. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Stratton. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of the show in our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. And we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission in this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to become more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. All right, folks, that's Mike, the producer, with his little love boat nonsense. And <laughs> I feel like I need to be doing a, like a little Saturday Night Live yeah, dance. <laughs> that's high school. Remember, Chips would come on, and yeah. then the love boat, and then Fantasy Island. Yeah. There, hey. Maybe I spent too quite much time. Not high school, but almost. Oh. Like <laughs> well, friends, you're back with Courageous Christianity, and it's taking all I can do to withstand the attacks of my fellow radio people over here and Mike and all of his craziness. Um, In the first segment, we talked about lines of operation, and this is our series finale, and Pastor Steve is back, and we're talking about how intentional we have to be because the devil's out there, and we will be responsible, and the choices are ours, so uh, we have to get real about it. It's a little bit out of order, but I'm going to... Uh, share the quote of the day with you now, because I think it's such a poignant statement. 
and Soren Kierkegaard is uh, the basis of our quote of the day, and he lived from 1813 to 1855. He was a Danish theologian, philosopher, poet, critic, and religious author. And he wrote about organized religion and morality and ethics and psychology and the philosophy of religion. And in one paper, he talked about the difference between being a follower and an admirer. He said this, The admirer never makes any true sacrifices. He always plays it safe. Though in words, phrases, songs, he is inexhaustible about how highly he prizes Christ, he renounces nothing, will not restructure his life, and will not let his life express what it is he supposedly admires. Not so for the follower. The follower aspires with all his strength to be what he admires. And he added this, For this reason, Jesus could never be satisfied with adherents who accepted his teaching, especially with those who in their lives ignored it or let things take their usual course. His whole life on earth, from beginning to end, was destined solely to have followers and to make admirers impossible. So we know that uh, Matthew chapter 10 talks about how Jesus came to divide. And we all want to focus on the lamb that was Jesus, and we don't want to focus on the warrior that was Jesus, who came to put people to a decision to save their very souls. So we're talking here about an amazing quote about the difference between being a follower and being an admirer. What do you hear in that quote? It's the, you know, when, when we're teaching people a lot of times, both, both new believers and, and seasoned, we always say, okay, when, when you're reading the scriptures, simply what does it say? What does it mean? That takes a little digging in and finding out because it means what it means. And then, but then how does that apply to me? That's, that's where the, the rubber starts to meet the road. I read this scripture, I dive into it through the Holy Spirit, guiding me through it, and I come to a realization, this scripture means this. Now, I've got the choice to apply that to my life. Um, I'm going to make that decision to do, not to do, to forgive, not to forgive, whatever the case may be. But now I, I hear the truth, and then I, I put that into practice. And so when I, when I hear this this quote, and he's saying the you know we we the the term armchair quarterback, you know mm-hmm. the the guys that are watching the game on Sunday. Um, criticizing the guy on the field and, and saying what a what lunacy that call was or that play was or didn't you see that guy on the other side of the field wide open and they're sitting in their you know their their lazy boy doing nothing. And I think that's what this quote speaks to, those that, oh yeah, Christianity, Christianity this, God this, oh you should be, you should be doing this, but then all the while they're just sitting in their lazy boy doing nothing. Yeah, it it ultimately comes down to what you do. And I think I said this not long ago. Sometimes I'm flying these long flights, especially when I was flying more international stuff. And you're sitting with some guy for a couple hours, like five, six, seven hours. And they want to talk about all kinds of things. And we've had most of those discussions five, six, ten times. And I will honestly say to a guy, because I'm really not big on wasting words, I'll say to a guy, hey, is anything we talk about now going to change what you do tomorrow morning when you wake up? Because if not, I don't want to talk about it. It's a great question. 
Well, genuinely. So uh, we've got this Christian stuff, and we've got this uh, flesh, and we've got this heart, and we've got a mind, and we've got the Word of God. Well, is it going to change you? Or is it just going to be what you do on Facebook or maybe the jewelry that you wear or the tattoo that you have? Is it going to change you? Because I'll tell you something from the first segment, the devil's got his sights on you. Yeah. The very second you start saying you want to be a Christian, actually being a Christian or pretending that you're a Christian, the devil's got his sights on you. He's going to trip you up. <laughs> He's going to trip you up. It's like a Marine versus a guy who just wears the uniform. Hey, bud, you're wearing the uniform. And so as far as they're concerned, you're a Marine. So you better prepare yourself for those attacks. Well, it speaks to me. It speaks to learning as well and how the learning process happens. You can fill your head with all the information. You can even read the Bible and go through the first two steps Pastor Steve was talking about. But if you then don't go apply it, it doesn't become a learned um, aspect of your life. It doesn't. It's just head knowledge, as I call it. And so when we actually step into these steps and then apply it to our life, then we actually want more and it draws us closer to God and gives us strength. Yeah. You said something, Pastor Steve, in the first episode. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, you said the church, not a building, but the body of Christ, the church is weak and seeking comfort. And then when the enemy, uh, you talked about how the enemy comes through the flesh to attack our hearts and God comes through our hearts to change our flesh. And I thought mm. that was such an amazing statement because Christianity is about change. It's about us being changed by Christ, forgiven for all we've done and presented with this new opportunity. And then it's about the change that we can make in the world. Yeah. Um, if none of that change is happening based on what you ultimately end up thinking, the words you ultimately end up saying, and the gestures and the, and the deeds and the places where you focus, the way you spend your money, the way you vote, the way you demand that your children be educated. If none of these changes are happening, then were you changed by Jesus? And I think going back just a minute, I think as you, as you were talking about, and I, and I love that question. I've heard you ask it before. Is anything we're going to say, read, do, talk about right now going to change your, your, your behaviors? Unfortunately, most people aren't looking for change. True. They're, oh, really, wow. they're really not. They're looking to voice an opinion. They're looking to seem like the big man on campus or whatever at the moment or... or they're, they're, they're be confirmed in their present. Yeah. Actions. Yeah. They're just they're, they're what that, that right there is it. They're looking for someone that, Hey, I think this, and I think this group is like this. We should not like that group. What do you think? Oh, you're the same way. All right. Well, let's just, man, we're going to rant and rave about this right here, right now. And then we're going to go out and do nothing about it. Um, Christ came because change needed, had to happen because we were on another collision course. The flood came because we were on a collision course. Um, Christ came because there had to be change. He's the institute of change. And, and you can't truly embrace him, embrace his word, embrace his spirit, and, and not walk in change. So really what most people are doing, and you know, there's people hiding from God's presence in God's house. 
I mean, it's it, that's heartbreaking. It, it really is, and so and that's that's some of the struggles, you know. And I've shared with you the the these are the battles, and especially when you look at it from the from the pastoral and the shepherd and the le- the leaders of the church standpoint, and you you've got this group and and you see this going on and you see that going on and trying to get those people to come and and to see the hope and to see the change and that that it truly works and. You know, Scripture says we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by our testimony. This is why I know that I know that I know that I know Christ is real. Let me tell you what he's done for me. Let me tell you how he did it for me. I know what you're thinking because I was where you're at. And let me tell you what he did for me. And he'll do it. He did it for me. He'll do it for you. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're always going to be right. But what it means is you can always be honest about whether you're measuring up or not, and then in his blood and in his restoration and in his redemption, you can say, you know what, I'd like to pretend that the way I just acted was right, but I can't because there's too much written in the Bible that says the way I just acted wasn't right, and so I'm going to stand in that accountability, I'll apologize, I'll make amends, I'll do business if I better if I cheated somebody, I'll restore them, I'll pay them back, and then I'm going to do better tomorrow. And that's just what's so amazing about Jesus Christ is that in him, there's truth, and you got to look in that mirror, but there's also another opportunity. Seems to me that a lot of people with regards to change and that hiding, they think that's safe. But what they don't know and is that the safest place they can ever be is the arms, in, in the arms of Jesus. In truth. In truth. And in, in, in it's just like, teaching my seven-year-old, working with him on his math and stuff, he'll come to a problem that he gets frustrated with, and he just, I don't know, I don't know. I'm like, buddy, you do know. He's like, well, I don't know. And we talked about it, his his intent by, I'm like, why do you say that? And his intent is that if I say I don't know, then I'm not going to have to do the problem. And that's unfortunately how a lot of people face the world. They just, they just, well, I'm, I don't know about that, so I'm just going to ignore it. And that's what I was talking about earlier in segment one about, about the fight's real. So you can't say you don't know about it. But just saying you don't know about it doesn't make it go away. And that's what I tell him. I said, have you ever said I don't know? And I said, oh, well, you can just skip that math problem. No, we still have to face the math problem. So we still have to face this head on. The, 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 but denial, we, you know, I, right. if, if I, I can't play that card, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I can't play that. Well, if I just don't go there, then I won't have to go there. Well, I'm, I'm going to get steamrolled. Yeah. Uh, nor do I want to be able to be wrong and still pretend that I'm right. I've said this before. When I fly with guys, I'll say, hey, if I do something I'm not supposed to, please point it out. I'm so desirous of getting it right. I don't mind being wrong. And we're going to talk about that in the third segment just to be right according to God. Come on back. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need your help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Stratton, Richard Mendelow's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. 
Freedom Alliance is saving lives in military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, for almost 18 months, Christy Stratton has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of courageous faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings us to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical and behavioral assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You will want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over the last 72 shows on Courageous Christianity, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Well, folks, you're back with Courageous Christianity, and Mike, the producer, is playing music about weddings and marriage because Christy and I got married. My fearless wingman is now my permanent wingman, and thank you, God, for that. I have to just say, I like hearing that because my procession down the aisle was up a hill on Enchanted Rock, and that was super cool because before the Lord and just at a very private ceremony with our Wonderful Pastor Steve. It was just absolutely wonderful. I like saying that. Uh, makes me feel like a celebrity. We were married in a private ceremony attended <laughs> by family only. Uh, friends, we are talking about lines of operation as we bring our faith to bear on the world. We're talking about not being admirers of problems or of Jesus, but being followers and solvers of problems. And that's one awesome thing about problems. For every problem, there's a solution. The question is, will you acknowledge the problem? Will you stand in the glare of the truth according to Scripture? Will you have the fortitude to say, I'm going to refer to Scripture to see what the solution is for this problem? Or will you just stay in a place of Uh, I need to be right, me personally, self-reliant, even though you look around you and nothing is working. And I'm not real big on admiring problems, and I'm not real big on self-righteousness. So uh, I think if in all of our problems we understand, first and foremost, there's a solution. God loves us, and he will help us. 
And secondly, there's guidance because God loves us and he will help us. So when we were talking about the problem last week of education in the United States of America and how progressives have perverted public education to accomplish their perverse aims, uh, Dr. Ballard, who was with us on that show, said it's up to parents to exercise decisive leadership. And we said that that first starts at home. Go and make disciples of all nations. Well, first and foremost, make disciples of your children. So that was an example of a problem, education, which has a starting place. And that starting place is in Scripture, which says, uh, teach your children the ways of the Lord. And so, Pastor Steve, Christy, I think sometimes people are in the problem and not really sure where to go with solutions. What are your thoughts? I, I agree. I think, And I think that's one of the reasons all of these lines of operations that the u- enemy, enemy uses against us work so well is because they— they create this this tornado, if you will, that that the individual is stuck in. And although they catch a glimpse as they as they pass by a certain thing or this or that, or they would they have that they have that intention to do better in this area, but because of the inertia of the spin they're already in, they they just see it in a glimpse as they spin by and, and they don't ever get to get off of that, that merry-go-round and, and take the time to, all right, I am going to teach my kids this way, or I am going to, I'm going to make that career change this or that. But they, you know, they see it as it comes around and, and the things that are the most important, I, I, my wife and I were talking about this the other day. We, we all, including myself, the things that are the most important and, and the things that you seem to probably be struggling the most, to get done are probably the things he's coming after the most because they are the most important. Um, a date night with me and my wife. Um, you know, we, we used to routinely have a weekly date night where we set aside everything. Nothing was going to come before it. And we haven't done that in a long time. And we were talking about that. Well, where's he going to come? He's going to attack that for sure. He's going to attack that. We're going to be so busy, the kids, this, that, so that he, we don't get to spend that quality time together. Or, I mean, I can go on and on and on, being in good shape, whatever the case may be. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take the time to take care of my body. Well, man, everything, all I got time to do is just eat junk food and this or that. Okay, so we're talking about how there's a scripture for everything, right? There really is guidance in the Bible for everything. And what comes to mind as you're saying that is Jesus talking to Mary and Martha. And Mary's at his feet and Mm. Martha's rushing around and saying, Jesus, tell Mary she needs to help me. And he says, Martha, 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 you're very busy and you're doing a lot of stuff, but everything you're doing is not necessary. And so in our lives, how much stuff are we doing? And then we have to say, okay, whoa, Turbo, everything I'm doing is not necessary. What is necessary? What's the point of a priority if you don't honor it? In in that scripture that you, you know, he says she chose the proper thing. Right. She chose to sit and listen, to sit at the feet of the master and, and be changed by him. You know, he calls it, you know, she chose the proper thing. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we talk about standing in the glare of the truth. We talk about you are ultimately responsible and you will, you will be judged. So here's one for me. I'd, I have not been giving appropriate 
uh, priority to the Sabbath. And I don't know why it is that we think of the Bible and all of the things that the Bible guides us to do, and yet the Sabbath is one of these things that's so easy to overlook. And yet it's the fourth commandment. And if you violate the fourth commandment, how well are five through ten going to go? And so I've got to, here's a truth that I have to stand in. I need to uh, be more intentional with the Sabbath and how I get quiet and how I limit uh, interruption. And we were talking before the show, um, sometimes it feels like a lot, like I've got to change everything, otherwise no change matters. And that's not true, because you can make one decisive little change, like we talked about, you decide you're going to get in shape, and so I'm just going to walk for 10 minutes every day. And you do that for a week, and suddenly walking for 10 minutes is a habit. And so Christy talks about just do one thing, and other things will be added to that. Yeah, all of this uh, makes me think, well, first draws me back to me many years ago and working through and with coaches for me. I always say a good coach has coaches. And I would kind of spin. I would do, I would be doing, I would be that person. I would be Martha, right? Do, do, do. And, and, and you don't, um, you don't move forward. You're just kind of stuck in that place. You say you want all these things to change, but what we don't do though is in it kind of our flesh comes into the place and it's like, I am woman, hear me roar. I can do all these things. So I put a zillion things on my plate, so to speak on my list and I don't get any of them down done. And then what it does is it makes us feel defeated. So what I say to folks and I've, I'm a walk through it myself is okay. Start with one thing, one thing I call it tiny baby steps. And I know baby steps are tiny as well, but I got to remind myself, this is a tiny change. And if I start there with that one thing, maybe 10 minutes of walking, but 10 minutes of walking one day a week, then I check that off my list and I feel better not defeated. Then tomorrow I'm going to add another one. And then it, it snowballs in a good way to where you're strengthened by it and you actually want to go walk because you're feeling better. I like uh, that brings to mind the scripture that says, do this, this, and this, and these things will be added unto you. Right. And so it's kind of like uh, do one right thing and then this next thing will be added unto you. So here's an example. You want one thing to do. Okay, the YouVersion Bible app. You can have it send you a scripture every day. You wake up in the morning. Just do this one thing. Wake up in the morning, kneel beside your bed. As soon as you get up, just roll out of bed onto your knees and thank God for the day. Thank him. Uh, Say, uh, if if you want, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. If you uh, just thank him in plain language, uh, whatever is relevant to you, maybe that's 30 seconds. Try and do that one thing. You version Bible app, you get a scripture. As you're brushing your teeth, just think about a phrase from that scripture. These little things and then all the other things will be added unto you. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I, I like to, I, I, I do to my, I still do this to this day um, and I like to encourage a lot of guys as, as they're, you know, I, I don't know what to read. I don't know how to study. I don't know how to do this. I, I, I go, it has absolutely nothing to do with how much you read. Take, take Matthew, start in verse 1. 
and read five verses, whatever. I, it doesn't matter. But but start to journal. Start to journal that. This is, I, I think, Absolutely. one step that I, I, I know. And, and not that you're going to be a poet or this or that, but, okay, I read Matthew 1, 1 through 5. This is what it, I got out of it. This is a question it rose up. This is... Uh, brings this person to mind, whatever the case may be. And and you that, that could maybe take 10 minutes. And so, but as I do that and I start to get in that habit, and, and also they've proven through, you know, if I write something down, I'm, I think it's something like uh, 300 times more likely to remember it. It's right. some crazy number. And so, so as I'm writing this, I'm like, okay, today I read this. This is what jumped out at me. It raised this question. I'm going to seek that answer. That that's a perfect little start. Quality versus quantity. That's it, most yeah. definitely. Okay, so at this most busy time of the year, we're heading into the week before Christmas, and we're thinking we've got to do all of these things, but Martha, 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 not all of these things are necessary. So let's think about what is necessary. If you focus on everything, you focus on nothing. Everything can't be of the same importance. God family, your calling, and work in that order. And so as we go into these busy days, let's each just try to roll out of bed and take 30 seconds to slow the world down, ask God to come into our hearts and center us, and prepare us to approach the day from a loving, peaceful place where we know we're walking with Jesus. And that is the beginning, and it's the beginning of something great. And we'll talk more about that in the final segment. Stay with us. Whatever happened to the picture I created in my head? Days and nights Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply, as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, and that's me. And we're talking with Pastor Steve about our lines of operation, which are about how we bring our faith to bear on the world. And uh, at the break, we were talking about how sometimes people might hear a show like this and think that those guys are doing some different kind of Christianity than me. I'm just struggling to pay the bills and stay sunny side up. And let me just make something clear. There is no such thing as it's easy for this Christian and it's harder for me. Because the very second you say you're a Christian, the devil is focused on you. So for me, 
I came back from a couple tours to Iraq and Afghanistan, and I was struggling, and I was having a hard time. And it was in that time that I felt the closest to Jesus. And it's so true. Mike, thanks for choosing that song, because what a friend we have in Jesus. And so this isn't some guy who grew up in the Word and and woke up with a Bible in his hand. I had to struggle to get here. And each day is a a, a walk, and it can be difficult because the devil has his eyes on you. And I don't think anybody who's trying to be a true Christian has it easy. It, it says we have a cross, right? Well, and he says that, that you'll have, in this world, you'll have trials and you'll have tribulation. And and I think that that's such a great point. And I, they, people assume, oh, you've got pastor by your name. You've got this all figured out. You don't have these, you, do, you don't know what I go through today, pastor, this or that. And and it's just not the case. It's the the attacks are 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 his 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 tactics his things. He he's coming at all of us, regardless of where we say we are in in our faith. Where we are, if if we're claiming if we're claiming Christ as our Lord and Savior, he's coming at all of us. And so there is no oh well that guy's way more spiritual than I am or this or that he's got it all figured out he doesn't struggle with me I'm not going to talk to him about that no and especially you know when you're sitting in the pastor seat pastor seat and we're 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 walking through the trenches with everyone you know you've got a you've got a mom showing up to church every time the doors are open and then we find out her and her five kids are living out of her uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee because they're she's trying to provide a better life get her kids out of a gang-ridden neighborhood um, there's, there's the guy, there's the, the oil executive that, um, has from the worldly standpoint, awesome things and lots of money, but he's so riddled with anxiety and depression and, and he, and he's, he's calling and saying, I don't even know which way to turn right now. Um, but he's working 90 hours a week and he's, you know, he's, he's involved in that vortex we were talking about earlier. He sees no end out of it where, you know, so I, I can just go on and on and on. We don't have time, but you know, Scripture says there is nothing that you're going through that's not common to man. Okay, First Corinthians, he talks about that. So my problems, an enemy tactic and a lie that he uses a lot is, is oh, well, your 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 situation's special. Um, yeah, if you were them, you you could be okay. But since you're going through this, well, you're you're special, and you're just it's gonna. And that, that's just such a lie from the enemy. So the hope that Christ brings, the, the, the provision that Christ brings, the grace, the mercy. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the grace and the mercy. It applies to each and every one of us. And it'll pull us out of whatever hole we're in. It's, uh, I spent two decades in such debt and in such financial struggle. I can remember four in the morning sitting in this unfinished basement where I had a desk set up and I'm paying bills and I'm trying to figure out, am I going to pay the water bill or the power bill? And you're so right about the idea that uh, those guys who are going to church, they're all in better shape than me. And that perfect looking family, they look perfect and I'm a mess and I'm embarrassed. And if you think about the Garden of Eden, you said this when we were just talking recently, the very second Adam and Eve felt shame, they hid from God at the very moment we're supposed to come to him. And Paul thanks God for his weakness, and he says it's in his weakness that he knows God's strength most uh, 
directly. And so as we wrap up, your thoughts, we're going into Christmas, we're in this last week, and people often think of religion as judgmental, and they often think of Jesus as somebody that they're not good enough to, to be. And we just have to know, friends, what a friend we have in Jesus. So, Pastor Steve, what would you say as we go into this holiday season? I, I believe that, I mean, we won't even get into how commercialized and all of that Christmas is, and, and we won't even go down that road. But what, in this show, um, what, what, what makes me think, though, in this, Gretchen and I were my wife, we were talking about it last night, this should be a time that all eyes, all hearts, all longing should be turning to and looking to and seeking after the King that came, the Savior that was born. This is the time that, that all of the world should be thinking of Jesus. Uh, this is the point in history that that where where our Savior came, and and so so my encouragement. Uh, sorry to go back to your answer. Your question is my my encouragement and my thoughts would be. I'm not saying don't buy your kids Christmas presents. I'm not saying don't do any of that. I'm just saying, let this season be about what it's about, please. Um, let this season be where you seek Christ. And, and regardless of where you are, I don't care if you're an elder in a church or or you've never set foot in a building, of a church building, and, and this might be some of the first times you're hearing some of this stuff being said, it's those baby steps. Wherever, wherever Christ is calling you, the Holy Spirit is drawing you, or you wouldn't be listening to this show. So take that next step. Maybe it's just to go to this Christmas service this year and hear the gospel. Maybe it's to put down some of the commercialism this year. Maybe it's some, whatever that is. Take that, that next step and then let God compound it. Let him quantify it. Let him add to that. And that's great. And that is the truth. And that brings us to our moment of truth. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for that. It, our moment of truth today comes from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And it says this, and it can't get any simpler. If my people who were called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So friends, in the first couple episodes, uh, I forget which one it was, I told about a man I'd heard talking at the breakfast table in a hotel in Miami. He was talking about how his boss mixed religion and politics and he said he didn't like this, and then he went on to talk about how important religion was to him and how he didn't understand what was going on in this country. And this man is an example of an admirer of Jesus. And remember what uh, Soren Kierkegaard said, though in words, phrases, and songs he is inexhaustible about how highly he prizes Christ, he renounces nothing, will not reconstruct his life, and will not let his life express what it is he supposedly admires. We cannot be admirers of Jesus Christ. We must be followers. First, our hearts must be changed. Then our flesh must begin to change. Then, in every area of our lives, our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions must change. The state of this nation is such a mess because too many of us are admirers 
and not followers. And it's a daily struggle to be a follower for all of us. It's sad and it's simple that we have but to turn to God, let go of the need to be right, stand in the glare of the truth. None of us are perfect, but seek Jesus, seek to be changed by him, and seek to follow him. Christians are under attack. Our nation is under attack, and we cannot afford to admire the problem. We must fight back. So, to back up a little, what's going on in this country began in the 60s when evil forces worked to turn our individual and collective focus away from God. And Pastor Steve said it in the first show. He said, this is not our grandfather's America. Jesus has been taken out of everything. And that's the absolute truth, and it's no accident. In 1962, our children were turned away from prayer in school and respect for the traditions of their parents. In 1973, with Roe v. Wade and the legalization of abortion, we were turned away from personal responsibility and the sanctity of human life. Also in 1973, the draft ended, and we were turned away from the importance of service and our responsibilities as citizens of this nation. Over the next 50 years, through politics, economics, a culture of radical feminism and attacks on masculinity, and the information operations of the media in nurturing a culture of narcissism, entitlement, vulgarity, and disrespect, we now find ourselves in a national and spiritual mess. The trouble began when, as a society and a nation, we turned away from God, and so the solution is simple. We turn back to Him in every area of our lives. As fathers and mothers, we must be determined followers. As sons and daughters, we must be determined followers. As Americans, as friends, as voters, and as stewards of every dollar God brings to us, we must be determined followers, and that is courageous Christianity. So, Pastor Steve, thank you for being with us. Thanks again for having me. God bless your family for the holidays. Friends, our hearts are with you. We know these can be trying times, but in the joy of Christ, as we fix our eyes on him and truly think about what it means that he came to free us, and we can focus on him, and our eyes can always seek him. So, Christy? Focus on the truest light of the world. Amen. Friends, thanks for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 KKHT, the word, at kkht.com, or on courageouschristianity.today, or your favorite podcast app where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.